Hey, Unwritten fans, this is Jordan Lopez, voice of Chelsea. Dayton Writers Movement, the creators of Unwritten, have been hard at work, and we are proud to announce our latest show, Catharsis. Listen for myself and some other familiar voices from Unwritten. All six episodes of this limited series are available to listen to right now. And to get you started, we are excited to present you with part one right now. To hear more, please follow Catharsis on your favorite podcast platform or go to DaytonWritersMovement.com slash Catharsis to learn more. Enjoy part one as we invite you to experience Catharsis with us. Catharsis contains mature language, content, and themes, including discussions of suicide. Please listen with care. It's a little egotistical, don't you think? To expect everything to stay the same when you're not there. Huh. They finally tore down the old drive-in. Finally? I don't remember it ever being open. Yeah, but it was always there. Now it's not. The world around you isn't an insect trapped in amber. We're getting close, though. My legs are sore from all the sitting. Stasis is death. (sighs) At least it was a direct flight. A layover in JFK would have been brutal. I can pay the driver. Why don't you get the bags out of the back? You're stalling. Stretching every second for as long as it will last. Rationing these numbered moments of peace, pretending that everything is right where you left it, with nothing unchanged. But rationally, you know the world moved on without you. I never thought you were narcissistic enough to believe otherwise. There's a difference, though, between knowing and witnessing. It's like hiding under the covers from a monster in your closet. If you can't see it, it isn't there. If you aren't there, it's like it didn't happen. The Schrodinger effect. You'll be okay. I'm with you. Yeah. If you keep the box closed, you can pretend the cat's still alive. If you don't ring the doorbell, you can stay in the limbo of knowing, but not witnessing. You can be a coward. Or you can be Pandora. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis, starring Xander Hildenbrandt, Jordan Lopez, and Luna Madison. Part 1, Shock, written by Alexa Fetfisher. Also starring Sean Gunther, Libby Scancarello, and Norb Wessels.
Dads always give the best hugs, don't they? So tight like he's trying to squeeze you back to the size you were when he carried you on his shoulders. Hi, Dad. Mmm, I missed you, Magpie. The older you get, the longer the hugs seem to be. Maybe because there's more of you to hug? Or is he trying to make it count in case it's the last time? It's good to see you too, Ren. It's been a while. Only since Christmas. I hope you don't mind if I came in for a bit. Catch up? No, no, of course it's fine. Actually, it's a good idea. Just leave your bags in the hall for now. Mega, your mom's in the living room. Why don't we... Mom looks the same, but Botox makes it hard to change. (sighs) I really wish she wouldn't do that to her face. Maybe she'd laugh more if she wasn't so afraid of smile lines. Welcome home, baby. Thanks, Mom. Um... Hello, Margaret. Welcome back. Your parents have told me so much about you. Very rarely do people wear signs that tell you what kind of person they are. Priests, at least, are kind enough to wear uniforms so you can avoid them. Unfortunately for you, it's too late to get out of this interaction. I'm Father Kevin. I'm new to the parish. Not new, per se. Just new to you, I suppose. I was transferred in January, a few weeks before Samantha, uh, well, before she passed away. Mom, I don't need a priest. I'm fine. Margaret, I'm only trying to do what's best for you. Why don't you just sit down, okay? Catherine, if you'd like me to go, I... No, Renee, please stay. Mother, their name is Ren. It's fine, Meg. No, it's three letters. She can fucking say it. Christ, Meg... Just have a seat. So, you're up, huh? How was it? Studious. Lots of historic churches there. More polytheistic temples, really. Grecian history, not practicing. Just admiring the architecture. No pagan rites, I promise. But you still attended Mass regularly? Just as often as I did in the States. Wonderful. Did you have time to travel? Maybe visit the Vatican? This is ridiculous. Why is he here? Meg. Look, I just got home. You don't know how I'm doing, and even if you think I needed to talk to someone, I'm pretty sure a grief counselor would be more appropriate than a priest. You know, a professional. Margaret, please. I get what you're going for, but it's been months. Like, at this point, right when I get home, I don't know what good you think it's going to do. Meg, there's something we need to tell you about Sammy. You notice it now, how close they're sitting. Holding hands, your parents never show physical affection, except now. Sitting sideways from a priest and looking at you like they did the day you learned that pets don't live forever. You've already cried all your tears about this particular trauma while on the other side of the world. What can they possibly say that's worse than what you already know? Sammy, well, she did something out of character. I wonder if you know now, if you've guessed. We, she wasn't feeling well, not like herself, and... What is the source of fear in the pit of your stomach? The unknown? the truth. Sammy's death, it wasn't... 
Sammy took her own life. I'm sorry. Sometimes life can be full of terrible burdens. But God never gives us more than he believes we can handle. That is, sometimes it's not the burdens that make life unbearable, but an illness that makes the burdens unbearable. Illnesses of the mind can be just as real as physical ones. Not that being mentally ill is it. God doesn't fault us for succumbing to illness of any kind. It's impressive, speaking this clearly with so much foot in his mouth. There are a lot of emotions to feel when you hear news like this, but, um, well, there, there's a passage from John. Here, John 11. Now, a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfume. You never noticed the background details before. The lines in the floorboards, the nail holes in the walls. But it's the rug that catches your eye. An ugly thing. You don't even remember when Mom bought it, but you can't look away. Abstract patterns repeating over and over, but you found one spot. Exactly the same as the others. It's yours now, and you won't let it out of your sight. It's a war shock that you're trying to find meaning in with unblinking focus. Everything else fades out until the colors darken at the edge of your vision, and all you see is the pattern swirling, swirling, a carnation, a roaring lion, blood pooling and spreading across the floor, soaking into the fibers. Lord, if you had been here... Are you sure? Are you sure that she... Yes. Why? We're sure, Margaret. No, not why are you sure. I mean, why? Why did she... We don't know, sweetie. We don't know? We we don't know the reason. If it was just one thing... She didn't leave a note? Not one that we found. If she didn't leave a note, then you can't really be sure, right? Meg. No, you said yourself it was out of character. I just meant she never said anything about feeling this way before. Maybe she didn't feel that way. Sweetheart. No, it could have been an accident, a mistake. She... Sammy wouldn't do this. Meg, we're sure. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But this is what happened. But she wouldn't. She just wouldn't. I'm so sorry, Meg. If it's all right... I think this would be a good time to pray the second half of the prayer of St. Francis. O Master, grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console. You found the spot on the rug again. So many just like it, but that one is yours. It seems to have lost its magic, though. No more swirling patterns, no hidden images or meaning. Just a little abstract splotch no matter how hard you will it to be otherwise. Dying, that we are born to eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So, what, you hid this from everyone because you wanted Sammy to have a Catholic burial? We didn't hide anything, Meg. Father Kevin knew, and he held a beautiful service. Right. 
but everyone else knew before I did? You couldn't just tell me the truth? No one else knows, Meg. We only told family. Seriously? The world doesn't need to know the details. Samantha was more than how she died. We decided to tell people that we don't know what happened because it's true. We don't know why she did what she did. It's a lie of omission. It's not necessarily healthy either. Everyone grieves in their own way. Your parents wanted me to be here today to help you, however you chose to grieve, Margaret. Why didn't you tell me? You called us when Sammy died. Why didn't you just tell me then? Because we didn't know at first. We didn't find out the details until later. And we didn't want to tell you this over the phone. This is an in-person kind of conversation, Meg. Is that why you didn't want me to fly home for the funeral? You wanted to put off telling me the truth? Of course not. Your education is important and you would have lost your spot in the program if you missed too many days. So what? It's just a program. This, this is real. This is important. You should have told me. Your parents were trying to look out for your well-being, Margaret. Hearing about this when you're away from home on the other side of the world, alone? She wasn't alone. No, but this type of thing needs a full support system. Friends, family, a familiar location. I'm sure you did all you could for Margaret when you first found out, but with the cause of death? Try to understand her parents' perspective. They wanted her home and safe, to be able to fall back on family and faith if it was too much. Is that really so unreasonable? It's not unreasonable, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. It just doesn't make sense. None of it does. Sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways. Is he really trying to argue for this being God's doing? I don't believe this. Margaret. It's all right, Catherine. I think she needs time to process. Catherine, David, I'm so sorry for your fault. If there's anything I can... This can't be real. You said the same thing when Ren pulled you out of class all those months ago. When you called and sent message after message but got no response, when you read the obituary... Saying it can't be real doesn't make it any less real. <laughs> They're wrong. Your room is still lavender from your artsy phase in high school. With the door closed, and here alone. It's like you can pretend that everything outside these walls doesn't exist. No living parents, no supportive friend, no awkward priest, no dead sister. <laughs> high school Maggie again, dreaming of seeing the world and being famous. I wish you could keep pretending. Keep this place as a bubble where everything is right with the world. Truth is, it's just a ship in a bottle in the middle of a storm. Reality is starting to leak in and you can't stop it. But I wish you could. Sammy, you wouldn't do this. You wouldn't do this to me. You wouldn't. You wouldn't.
You went several consecutive hours without turning on your phone. Do you feel guilty for trying to connect again? There's nothing important out there, not compared to what you're going through. But there are distractions. Maybe a cat video will make you forget your new reality. I wish you would find resources instead. Chat groups, meetings. Maybe there's even a therapist in network. You've talked Ren's ear off grieving this semester. Maybe reach out to another friend. Someone else who's lost a family member to suicide. But you don't know anyone who has. And they don't know that you have, because we choose not to talk about it. We just sit in our glass bottles, slowly filling up with water, never letting anyone know that the cracks were self-inflicted. Hey. Hey. I don't know what to say to you. Same. I feel like I should know, though. I'm your best friend. And I'm trained in psychology. I'd be a failure in both if I don't say the right thing here. What's the Star Trek reference for when there's no right answer? Um, Kobayashi Maru? <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> I'm sorry, Meg, about all this. Do you feel like talking about it? Mm, not right now. Right. You know the best words, so I won't push you. <laughs> That's your fault for having me quiz you on that shit for finals. And I wouldn't have passed without you. You would have. Yeah, you're right. I would have. What do you bring to this friendship again? Uh, unconditionally correct pronouns? That is indeed a rare and coveted quality. Shouldn't be rare, but here we are. Here we are. We. Gender neutral, inclusive, personal, plural. Don't start with the pedantics. You know I hate that. That. Distance, demonstrative, singular. Are you planning on describing the usage of every pronoun to avoid talking about it? It. Objectifying, exclusive, personal, singular. Why am I friends with a linguistics enthusiast? <sighs> if you do feel like actually talking, no matter when. Honestly, we're jet-lagged to hell and back, so I'll be awake when no one else is. You can call me, alright? Yeah. I mean it, Meg. If I don't hear from you regularly, I'll annoy you until you respond. You mean like this? Oh, har, har, har. At least try to get some rest tonight. Same to you, Ren. Okay. Mm. See you later. Yeah. See you. Hey, Meg? Yeah? I love you. Love you too, Ren. I mean it. I don't say it enough, but I love you. <laughs> I know you mean it. 
You just said it like it was something I didn't know. I thought maybe you forgot. Take care of my best friend. She's important to me. Okay. This was the color your room used to be. Neutral. Boring. Matching your big sister. It's stuck now, isn't it? Once their eldest moved out, your parents thought it was natural to turn it into an office. There's still a bed and the old comforter. Still photos and accessories on the dresser. But the fly fishing books on the shelf and the sewing machine in the corner weren't there during your childhood. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, though. Trying to preserve it as a shrine to baby Sammy is disingenuous. But to keep going and turn it into an office completely? Erase whatever bit of their daughter is still in their home? It'd be obscene. At least your American SIM card still works. Even if who you are on the inside is fundamentally different now, your phone number stays the same. Small victories? You have one new message. Hey, Sister Bear. I, I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you. You were so brave to do all of this, doing what makes you happy. I would never be able to. <laughs> One last little gift that was waiting for you. A goodbye. Or as close to one as you'll ever get. Not a reason, though. Not a hint as to what was about to come. You think about it for a moment, don't you? You consider checking the date, the time. You wonder how much longer after that message was your sister still alive. Do you want to know? End of message. To save. Message saved. I'm sorry, Sister Bear. Not everything can be so easily kept. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis. Executive producer and lead writer, Alexa Fetfisher. Producers, Chris Burnside, Megan Burnside, and Carrie Zahn. Audio production, Chris Burnside and Catherine Seaton. Music and score, Catherine Seaton. <laughs>